to remember what Christ has done for us. To, to remember why He was born of a virgin. To remember why, as Brother Brian brought out, he's, He was born in Bethlehem. All the prophecies that that had to come together for all that to transpire. And and we all know that because of the country that we live in, that there's a, there's a holiday coming up here in a, in a couple weeks. And you're going to hear a lot of old little town of Bethlehem. You're going to hear a lot of Hark the Angels, Herald Angels sing. You're going to hear a lot of those such things and uh, because of a date on a calendar. And and I'm of the and I'm of the event that that we as born again children of God would use such a time because we have two such holidays in this country that the Lord has placed us, haven't we? We have one that talks of they say talks of his birth, and the other one talks of his resurrection. And so may the children of God, we should always be ready to give a reason for the hope that we have in Christ. Amen? And so may we, I don't want to say in particular, but since a lot of people are focused on a date, and they're hearing these songs, isn't it an opportune time to say, do you know why Christ came? What do, you, what do you know about this stuff? And and the, just a time that, that we could remember the miracle of His birth because it was a miraculous birth. And to remember His death because it was a miraculous death. That we would always be able to share and to tell people of what Christ has done to tell the true story of the Incarnation. To remember the reason why He came. And to try to convey that to others of why there was this miraculous birth and why He came to this earth. Why the incarnation? Why the Word made flesh? Well, today, as we, as we consider the communion table, we're going to talk about, once again, remind ourselves of why Jesus came. Let, let's pray once again. Heavenly Father, I give You thanks for Your mercy and love. And thank you, Lord, for your grace. We thank you that one day you gave of your only begotten Son. And that Christ humbled himself to, to a manger to be born uh, in this, on this earth that he created. A, a miracle beyond our comprehension of what Christ has done. And we're thankful of the life he lived, the example he gave and His miraculous death, burial, and resurrection. So Father, help us to remember and never forget of what Christ has done on our behalf. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Um, we're going to begin in John, the first chapter. But let, let's start out. Uh, in, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Let me pause there for a minute. And the Word was God. And, and I know I've said this before, and we'll keep saying it, because I need to be reminded, we all need to be reminded, probably the, the perhaps the clearest and most direct declaration of the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Because you know as well as I do, there, there are some heretical groups that try to twist, twist the interpretation of this verse. They've even, even written their own translation. They've even gotten their own Greek scholars. And all they're doing is try to make it fit their false doctrine. And so what are they doing? They're blaspheming the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and His deity. It's not the Word was divine. It's not the Word was a God. It is and the Word was God. The deity of Christ is foundational. It is, and it's non-negotiable, isn't it? And John makes this abundantly clear. He talks about it in his second epistle. So if we drop down the second John, uh, verse 7 through 11. And now listen to this. For many deceivers have gone out into the world who do not confess Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Look to yourselves that we do not lose those things we worked for, but that we may receive a full reward. Whoever transgresses and does not abide in the doctrine of Christ does not have God. He who abides in the doctrine of Christ has both the Father and the Son. And remember, Jesus said that very thing, that I and my Father are one, remember? And that was in uh, John 10.30. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this doctrine, okay, now which doctrine? The doctrine of Christ. Do not receive him into your house, nor greet him. For he who greets him shares in his evil deeds. Preacher, that seems rather harsh. It's not my words. It's not my words. It, 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 it's from this. So you take it and let us be obedient to what the Word says. So let's go back to that uh, verse 1. And, yeah. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him. And without Him, nothing was made that was made. Remember that. Of Christ and His deity. (laughs) Creator. In Him was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness did not comprehend it. And there was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness, to bear witness of the light, that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, talking of Christ, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him, but... As many as received Him, to them He gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in His name, who were born not of blood. And again, I know I talk about this when we read this. This Not of blood, talking of race or ethnic heritage. And I've said you know, this is the one the Jews are counting on, a lot of them anyway. 
who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, which would be not of works, not of self, uh, self. And, and I've got Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 there underneath that. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourself, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So it's not of, of the will of the flesh, but because it's for by grace we've been saved. Now back to where we were. Nor of the will of man, and this would be any man-made system, any false religion, any cult, but born but of God. Born of God. Born of the Spirit. Salvation is from the Lord. We must be born again. Born of God. Born from above. Because apart from the power of the Holy Spirit that is in us and has brought light to us, what is the message of the cross? It's foolishness. It's foolishness. Uh, that's 1 Corinthians. We can go ahead and put that up. 1 Corinthians 1.18. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, those who are still in darkness, those who haven't believed and received Jesus Christ. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. See, for us who have believed and received Christ, we have the Holy Spirit in us, the power of God in us. And that being saved being sanctified, uh, we are already His upon our salvation. Ready for that salvation fully, completely, ready to be revealed one day. One day. Uh, now let's go back. See, I got you jumping all over. Aren't you glad you're back there today, Shane? Who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And in verse 14, that, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. <laughs> the word became flesh. Uh, could there be a more concise biblical statement than that? Of talking of the incarnation. The word became flesh. Uh, Again, the reality that God took on humanity. That the infinite one took on, can I say, the finite? That eternity entered time, that the invisible became visible when the Creator entered His creation. <laughs> How can we comprehend that? Matthew 1, verse 23 Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. What a time that must have been to have been on this earth when Christ walked on the earth. Can you imagine that? How, how can we fathom? The thought of the eternal Almighty God coming to earth. Because now we know the vastness of creation, or at least a, a, we think we do. We, we do know how big it is. It's beyond what we can even fathom with our greatest telescopes and everything else. And here the God of all of that creation came to the tiny speck of dust coming to His creation. Philippians 2, verses 5 through 8. 
Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Jesus coming, that's what it's saying, in the form of God, that, that word uh, translated as form, it means the exact likeness, the outward expression of the inward nature. So, as to form, Jesus possesses all the attributes of, and the characteristics that belong to God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Let's go to Colossians 1.15. Let's, let's bring it into more of maybe what we can try to comprehend. He, Christ, is the image of the invisible God. Because we know God is spirit. And Jesus Christ came in the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Jesus came, Emmanuel, God with us. Why? To humble Himself to the will of the Father, to humble Himself even to the point of death, even to cross, even to the cross. But because why did they kill Jesus? Why? Why, why did they crucify Him? John 5, verse 18. Therefore the Jews sought all the more to kill Him, to kill Christ. Why? Because He not only broke the Sabbath, but also said that God was His Father, making Himself equal with God. That's why they crucified Christ. Jesus came so that He may go to the cross, that He might become the perfect once and for all sacrifice for sin. Brother Brian, you, you talked about everyone on the face of this planet is in God's hand. And by that, meaning that God is in control. And the same goes for back then. Those who thought they were being so biblical and righteous and everything else that we must kill this man because he is blasphemous was only doing the Father's will. Ultimately, they were... Christ must... He had to go to the cross. And so they... Even sinful men are used by God over and over and over again in the Word of God. It was sinful men that would bring discipline to the children of God. It, a lot of times sinful men would, without even knowing it, was doing the will of the Father. Huh. Hebrews, first chapter. God, who at various times and various ways Spoken time passed to the fathers by the prophets. Has in these last days spoken to us by His Son, whom He has appointed heir of all things, through whom also He made the worlds, who being in the brightness of His glory and the expressed image of His person and upholding all things by the word of His power, Everything 
consists and stays together, all oh, not by some because of some scientific formula. And there could be a formula, but the only reason it could be there is because of the power of God, of the Lord, who by His power holds all things together, who being the brightness of His glory and the express image of His person and upholding all things by the word of His power, when He had by Himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Why did He come? To purge our sins. And now He is at the right hand of the majesty on high. 1 John 3, verse 5. 1 John 3, verse 5. And you know that He, that Christ, was manifested. In other words, the invisible became visible. He was revealed to us, made manifest. Why? And you know that He was manifested to take away our sins. And in Him there is no sin. See, for those who receive Christ, there is therefore now what? No condemnation. No condemnation. See, the, the penalty of sin and for sin has been paid in full. By Christ, for all who believe, for all who have received Christ, one day we will stand before God the Father, covered by the blood of Christ. No condemnation. The penalty of sin taken care of. But, but, but don't take that where it says that in Him there is no sin. In Christ there is no sin. While we're yet on this planet, we are still in battle with the power of sin, are we not? Oh yes, that we are fully saved at that moment of our conversion, of our salvation. But we are still prone to wander, prone to leave the God we love. But someday, penalty of sin done away with, and someday, power of sin done away with. It, it, won't that be amazing? <laughs> Jesus came to be the Lamb of God. We know that. I've talked about it over and over and over and over. And will continue as long as I have breath and can talk about Christ coming to be the Lamb of God, the perfect sacrifice for sin. You know that we, we referred to John the Baptist a little bit later in a scripture we read. Well, in John 1, verse 19, or, or not 19, 29. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, what must have John sensed of the Lord? See, it not only here, but let's go way back to when John was still in, in the womb and when Mary came and just the proximity of being close to Christ in the womb. He said John leaped in the womb. And now, here it is years later, and he sees Jesus coming. And I don't know if this is, this is new for John, but oh, he expressed it very, very really, didn't he? Behold! 
Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And that's why Christ came. And when I think of that, of Christ coming and being the perfect Lamb, I, I, I consider the first account of we have of a Lamb that is to be sacrificed is that in Genesis 22 where it talks of Abraham and Isaac. That, that's as best I could, and, and some others have said the same thing, that this is the first account of, of a sacrifice of a lamb. And if we could just, and we're not going to read the whole thing, just, just a couple of verses in Genesis 22, verse 7 and 8. You know the story. You know what's been going on here. They are there. They have brought all the things. But where's the sacrifice? But Isaac spoke to Abraham his father and said, My father? He says, Here I am, my son. Then he said, Look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb? <laughs> Where's the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide for himself the lamb. For the burnt offering. So the two of them went together. And I know. As you read that. That God did provide. Didn't he? And I can take that and say. Years past this. God provided a lamb. Didn't he? Perfect lamb. To be the perfect sacrifice. Let's go into Isaiah 53. Perhaps it's been a while since you've read it. Let's read a portion from Isaiah 53. Verse, let's, let's read verses 4 through 12. Surely He has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed Him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But He was wounded for our transgressions. And I say often, put yourself in the verse. Put yourself in the verse. He was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement for our peace was upon Him. And by His stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to His own way. And the Lord has laid on Him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before its shearers are silent, so he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who will declare his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgressions of my people he was stricken. And you understand this was written some 600 years prior to the cross. Understand that. And they made his grave with the wicked, but with the rich at his death because he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him, to crush him. He, he has... Put him to grief. 
when you make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. You shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant shall justify many. <laughs> Aren't you thankful for that? Aren't you thankful for that? By his, by his knowledge, my righteous servant shall justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bore the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. That's me. That's you. Jesus would come to be an intercessor. An intercessor for the transgressors, for the sinners. Jesus came to be the perfect sacrificial lamb. To bear the penalty, the price that was mine and yours. The perfect lamb. Let's read a portion from Hebrews 10. Hebrews 10, let's read uh, from 7 through 14. Then I said, Behold, I have come in the, in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do your will, O God. That's why Christ came, wasn't it? To do the will of the Father. And the will of the Father was that He might pay the penalty for sin by going to the cross. That he might bring many, many sons and daughters to God the Father. In the volume of the book, it is written of me to do your will, O God, previously saying, sacrifice and offering, burnt offerings and offerings for sin, you did not desire nor had pleasure in them, which are offered according to the law. Then he said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God. He takes away the first that he may establish the second. By that will, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But this man, this Jesus, this Redeemer, but this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God, from that time waiting till his enemies are made his footstool, for by one offering he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. Forever. Eternal life. Eternity with Him. He, he had to go to the cross. There had to be a payment made. God could not just wipe the slate clean and say, oh, everybody's good to go. There had to be a payment. And the only payment that could be made to pay that great price 
was the death of God's only Son. There must be a payment because sin has a cost. Romans 6.23 For the wages, the cost of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And I know I've asked this question many, many times. Who has sinned? (laughs) All. Romans 3.23 For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And, And I hope that these are a couple of verses that, child of God, you have got embedded in your mind that you, if you're talking to somebody who is lost, because there has to be a recognition of sin. I see no other way to salvation except through a brokenness over sin. How how would we know we need a Savior unless we know we're a sinner? How would we know that we need to be redeemed? There must be an acknowledgement of sin. Who has sinned? All have sinned. Oh, I've been a good person. No, the Word of God says all have sinned. That includes you. If you want to open their eyes to that a little bit, just do kind of what the way the master guys at Ray Comfort does. Also, you think you're a pretty good person. Have you ever you ever taken anything that wasn't yours? You know, anything small, even as a kid, you know, take a cookie that you didn't ask for or anything else. Oh yeah, I've done that. Well that you know, that's stealing. You know, the law says thou shalt not steal. Have you ever told a lie? Even a very small one? Well, well, everybody does that. Well, you know what that is? That's a liar. And and you can very quickly go to the Word of God and say, look what that's look what the Word of God or what God says that these things are, and and then show them the verse, and and they will have no part with me, those who practice these things. So now now how do you think? Well, I I guess I'll have to take my chances. Well, you don't have to just take your chances. Oh, just just just. To, Speak truth. Just keep coming back to the Word of God and don't just gloss over something. Oh, well, yeah, you'll probably be okay. No, no. Apart from salvation, you're on your way to hell. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But God provided for Himself a lamb, (laughs) a perfect sacrifice for sin in Christ Jesus, that all who would believe in Him would not perish but have eternal life. That's the gospel, isn't it? That's the gospel. Let's read that from 1 Corinthians 15, uh, first eight verses. 1 Corinthians 15. The Apostle Paul, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you received and in which you stand, by which also you are saved if you hold fast that word which I preached to you unless you believed in vain. See, there will be perseverance for the true born-again believer, won't there? Won't just fall away. Won't be like a seed planted and sprout up and die off. No, that's not, that's not, that's not true and complete salvation there, is it? Oh, but we will flourish and we will bear fruit. For I delivered to you first of all that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, and that He was seen by Cephas, then by the twelve. After that, He was seen by over 500 brethren 
at once, of whom the greater part remain to the present, but some have fallen asleep. See, this was written sometime after the crucifixion, and Paul was saying, look, look, Christ appeared to a group of over 500, and some of these guys are still alive. Some of them have fallen asleep. Some of them have died. But there's some of these guys that saw him. If you don't believe me, go talk to them yourself. After that, he was seen by James, then by all the apostles. Then last of all, Paul said, he was seen by me also. And we know that miraculous salvation, don't we? As by one born out of due time. And that's kind of all of us, isn't it? That's kind of all of us. See, and that's the gospel. And all who by faith believe the gospel will be saved. Saved from the wrath of God. Saved from the penalty of sin. Saved. Let me read a couple passages we read almost every Sunday, I suppose. John three fourteen through 18. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must, all that word must, and we preached a sermon on that word must, must the Son of Man be lifted up. He had to go to the cross. Why? That whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. He who believes in Him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already. Why? Why are they condemned? Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Christ came to bring salvation. Not condemnation. The world was already condemned. He didn't need to bring it. It was already condemned. I hope you see that. He came to earth to be the perfect sacrificial lamb, to give his life a ransom for many, to pay in full the penalty of sin for all those who believe. And you know the next question. Do you believe? Romans 10 verses 9 through 13. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For For the Scripture says, whoever believes on Him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon His name. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Anyone on the face of this planet who calls on the name of the Lord, there is no distinction the Lord is not a respecter of person, of race, of, of ethnic group or anything else there's only one way to heaven one way to God the Father and that is through Jesus Christ and him crucified the payment for sin why was he born (laughs) why did the word become flesh so that he could be the lamb of God slain 
of the world. That's why I like that one chorus of that one song. Son of God slain for us. That, that puts a little that puts a little more oomph on that, doesn't it? I want to read just, just a portion of that Revelation 5, and I know this another, you, you all know what my favorite passage of Scripture are through the years. Let, let's just read verse 6 through 12 in Revelation 5. And I looked, and behold, in the midst of the throne and of the four living creatures, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as though it had been slain having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the world. And I always like to say, don't get confused. Don't get all wrapped up in that in, in imagery. Seven, uh, the, the number signifying completeness and perfection. That's seven. Uh, seven horns. In, in Scripture, uh, horns symbolize strength and power. So here we have, what? Perfect and complete strength and power. Seven eyes. Perfect omniscience. Complete understanding and knowledge. Seven spirits of God. The fullness and perfect completeness of the Holy Spirit sent into the world. So, so, don't, so don't get all wrapped up in, in imagery there. But, but think about what it's, what it's actually talking about. Then He came and took the scroll out of the right hand of Him who sat on the throne. Now when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood. Out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation, you see, everyone, anyone on the face of the planet who, who calls upon the name of the Lord. Out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. And have made us, verse 10, and have made us kings and priests to our God. And we shall reign on the earth. <laughs> then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. <laughs> That's why I love singing that one song we, we did this morning. Worthy is the Lamb seated on the throne. Crown you now with many crowns, you reign victorious. High and lifted up, Jesus, Son of God, the King of heaven crucified. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. You see, child of God, how were we redeemed? <laughs> By Christ being slain upon the cross. For you were slain and have redeemed us to God. By your blood, 
How could that not be everybody's favorite portion of Scripture? Redeemed. Redeemed. Peter talked about being redeemed by the blood of Christ. 1 Peter 1, verses 18 through 21. Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers. <laughs> There's a lot in that right now, right there, isn't there? Oh, don't be relying on, on these things of men. Oh, you weren't redeemed with those things. Verse 19, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, he indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest, we already talked about that, revealed, made known, visible, but was manifest in these last times for you who through Him believe in God, who raised Him from the dead and gave Him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. See, my, my faith and hope is in God. And, and I know I'm being kept by the power of God. It's, it's not me, because I know me, I'd mess it up. And you would too. Aren't you thankful? Child of God, that we're being kept by the power of God and, and that we know that our hope, our hope and our faith are in God and not of ourselves and of us trying to keep it. It's Him. It's Him. It's Him. Colossians 1, 13 and 14. Colossians 1, 13 and 14. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love and whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sin. All we've got to do is, is read this. It tells us. It tells us. And we, and we share this with others. But, but always know this. Their, their salvation does not rest in your persuasive words. Don't ever, don't ever lay that burden upon yourself that if I don't say this right, if I don't get this right, right, this person's going to hell because of me. Don't ever try to heap guilt and, and that kind of stuff on your shoulders. Oh, we, we do what the Lord is asking us to do. We shine light as a reflection of the light that Christ has given us. And we share as the Lord would impress on our hearts. We speak the truth in love. And then salvation is of God. It is of His timing. It is of His plans and purposes. When He chooses to shine light into a dark place. Now that doesn't lessen our responsibility to speak truth. You see, you can fall off the cliff on the other side too. You, you can say, well, I don't need to, if it's all God, then I don't need to do nothing. No. We do everything that God has asked us to do. See, there's you can be in a ditch in, on both sides of a whole lot of things, can't you? But all the, that we would continually bring it back to the Word of God. Let the Word of God speak. Let the Word of God speak.
redeemed, redeemed. Psalms 107, 1 and 2. <laughs> oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom He has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. <laughs> Isn't that great? Redeemed, purchased by the blood of Christ. The one who created us purchased us again. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> so why did He come to the earth? What are we going to tell people? What are we going to tell people? And, and not just in the next couple of weeks. No. Always, 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 always. Because the, the incarnation, all of the... That's part of the Word of God, and it's true 365 days a year. And so we tell others that the whole of God's Word, from His birth to His death to His miraculous resurrection, to tell of Him, to tell of Him, to tell of Jesus Christ who came to be our payment for sin. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21. For He... God the Father made Him, Jesus Christ His Son, for He made Him who knew no sin to be, what? Sin for us. Put yourself in the verse. That we might become the righteousness of God in Him. May we always share the gospel of Christ. Always. May we be able to give a reason for why He was born. To tell of others of Emmanuel, God with us. The miraculous events that, that truly happened. To tell of Emmanuel, God with us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we give You thanks. Oh, may, may we be continually reminded of, of the miracle of how you have put things together, have orchestrated things from the very beginning of time or even before time began on this planet. So, Father, we are most grateful. And, Father, as always, if there should be someone who is listening to this sermon, who is yet lost, they're not saved. That the, that the penalty for sin is on their shoulders. And they're storing up wrath that one day will be poured out upon them if they do not believe. So Father, have mercy. Have mercy. Open eyes. Shine light into a dark place. Reveal the truth of Your Word. Reveal the truth of sin. Let them see that they are, in a, they, they are a sinner in need of a Savior. That if they would remain in their condition, that they could see exactly what their end would be. And then, Lord, show them the remedy. <laughs> show them the rescue in Jesus Christ. That they would look to Jesus, high and lifted up on the cross. And that they would believe. Lord, grant them faith to believe. 
that they might receive Christ, confessing sins, turning from their sins and following Christ. Lord, perform a miracle of salvation that only You can do. And Lord, for us who are, are born again, oh, let us give thanks. Let us give You thanks, for You have redeemed us from the hand of the enemy through the sacrifice of Your Son, the blood of Christ. So Lord, even now, let us, let us know. Let us know that we have been washed white as snow because of what Christ has done. So Lord, just prepare our hearts for what we're about to receive. And it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen.